I'm shocked when I see people that are <laughs> at a company for four years. I know. You've been there for 12 years. Right. My man, my man, my man, <laughs> my man. I want to thank you. I want to say thank you to my man. Stay far, my man. Farm. My man. <laughs> Did you do any research in data and data searching on the back end? Like, have you done research on this customer? I think the biggest thing that a lot of designers do is they go right into just designing. And it's like, no, it's the research. The last thing you should do is worry about how it looks. Yeah. You should worry about how it feels. So oh, I'm yeah. never presenting off one design. That's a horrible way to design if you have one solution. There's never one right way to do anything. But to be, um, whether it's a product owner, product designer, architect, designer, researcher, it's really about empathy yeah. for your customer and problem solving for them. This episode is brought to you by BetterHelp. Thank you BetterHelp for sponsoring this episode, but more about them later after the interview. Yo, so one of the roles that most people that I see get conflated or get confused is roles that are in the product space. And really we're gonna touch on, y'all see what the title is, UX, UI design. Those are literally two different roles that people kind of conflate and get those mixed up. But that being said, Many people have been asking, yo, when are you going to bring someone on to talk about UI or UX design? Well, I have a guest that's on today who I'm really excited for her to be on here. Not only is she going to talk about UI, UX design, she's going to talk about another form of design as well in the tech space that I didn't even know about until like we were kind of preparing for this conversation we're going to have today. Now, uh, very excited to have her on. As always, before we go ahead and uh, start talking again to so the questions, we got to put respect on my guest's name. So Brittany Barr is a senior experienced product designer with 10 years of leading experience product designs. She's currently the leading product designer and architect for a Fortune 500 company, and she designs and delivers B2B and B2C digital applications. Brittany Barr, thank you so much for being on well, Tech is New Black. Thank you for yeah. inviting me. Y'all yeah. give a <laughs> virtual round of applause. If you in a car right now listening to this, tap your steering wheel. <laughs> All that good stuff uh, for our guests. So this is really dope. And, and yeah, yeah, thank you. Like, thank you. Thank you for being on. Uh, like, so look, I talk a lot about there being different people that inspire me in some kind of way or another in terms of getting in the industry. And you know what? I've actually never really given you your flowers. And thank I didn't you. fully think about that until until I, we were prepping. I was prepping for this conversation. Mm -hmm. And I was like, yo, I was like, Brittany, you might have been the first person that planted the seed way before I actually yeah. like started going down that route. Yeah. And so the, the way that we met, I'm not going to go too in detail, but some some years, years, years <laughs> back, uh, I met her, she was on a date, I actually met her on a date with a homeboy of mine. And some years after that, her and I got cool, we stayed cool, stayed connected, and we were hanging out. And I was like learning about, like you. Were, I remember talking about like UX design mm -hmm. and those things, and you mentioning the company that you were at, State Farm. and. It's like all these different pieces. And I was like, okay, this is cool. And I was like, yo. And I'm not gonna lie, she so she ended up like, like I saw, like I saw your pad. And at the time, it's gonna sound goofy because <laughs> now, now it sounds funny, but it sounds goofy. It's like, but I had never seen I had never seen a spot like that before. And was I was so, so inspired. I know, like now we look back and it's like, okay, it was small. But no, but I was living in the in the hood hood at the time. <laughs> okay. So I was so inspired. I was like, yo, like I said, yo, this girl is on it. She's killing it. <laughs> and I, I remember um I remember there was one time we had a conversation where like you were talking about like how, you know, like a certain car you want and things you want and just even seeing like, okay, she wants more. Mm -hmm. And that honestly, one of the things I, I respect about you is that you never, 
Like you never made me feel away for not having certain things. Oh, yeah. But simultaneously, you wanted more. Mm-hmm. And so because of that, I was like inspired to be like, it's kind of like a spark where it's like, dang, like, yo, she wants more. It's like, why am I not thinking bigger? Mm, you know, okay. so so anyway, all that being said, I just want to give you a bunch of your flowers. Thank, Thank you. you so I much just for who you that. are, who you were when we met. Uh, yeah, so I'm very excited about this conversation. Good. Yeah. <laughs> so that being said, let's go ahead and get into get into the conversation, get into the questions. So what initially led you like what were you doing before you got in the tech industry because i know you 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 said you kind of accidentally got in the industry i did i did so i went to school for graphic design so print design that's what okay. i went to school for um and when i came out of school um of course the job market was going down it was 2008 um and i just started as a temp at, at a company um when i got there um i was doing like data entry things mm-hmm. of that sort and I knew I needed to get back into the creative space, but I wanted to make good money. <laughs> um, and I just stumbled upon the company that I'm with still now, State Farm. Um, they were opening up, going through this new digital transformation. Um, and so they had postings in regards to like design, design work, but I never heard, I never knew what UX was. I just knew I had a graphic design degree that was somewhat in the same field, creative. Yeah. Um, and so that's when it really sparked my interest um, to look into like UX design, UI design. Those were new terms that were coming up 10 years ago. Um, and I, again, I was in graphics. Um, mm-hmm. So I had some of the design principles, mm-hmm. um, but I really wanted to better understand UX um, and just really what that meant, what that was. It was a new buzzword 10 years ago, and so I was really interested. And once I kind of looked into it, I'm like, you know what? I can really use my creative design skills, my critical Mm -hmm. thinking skills, and also make really good money. And you know, in an area that's, you know, it's looked at as, you know, a hard area to get into, which is tech, Mm -hmm. um, but it's really not. Um, So that's what made me want to get into it. so how has it changed? Like, how's the the just the whole design space or product space? How has it evolved? I mean, like you mentioned, you've been in the space now for I mean, really almost twelve years, mm-hmm. but over ten years. So you've seen a lot. Like you mentioned, back then is when it was like relatively seen as a new thing. Yeah. So you've seen a lot. I mean, you've seen right. pre-pandemic, right. pandemic, post-pandemic. Right. So how have you seen it evolve since you've been in the space? I think for me, um, when I first got into UX, um, and again, the company that I'm with, um, bringing in, it's kind of like a startup, bringing a small startup into this big company mm-hmm. um, and taking over all of our you know, um, user experience. And so mm-hmm. trying to introduce UX to a space where UX has never been before was very challenging. Mm-hmm. So um, getting on new products and just trying to um, explain what you do. You're not a designer. You're understanding the user and building an experience for the user. Um, so in the beginning, it was really hard getting a voice in the room as a UX practitioner. Um, however, um, as you work with different products and they start to see the value that you bring and you're retaining customers, they're enjoying the experience, they're sharing that experience, um, the retention is really good. Yeah. Um, and so I think now as people, the buzzword of UX is going around, they're really understanding the value that mm-hmm. UX bring for the customer to keep mm-hmm. that customer around. Yeah. Um, so I've seen it change dramatically. Um, I remember in the beginning um, being placed on products, um, just trying to get a seat at the table and talk about the user and the, you know, the importance of the user and their experience. And now yeah. on products, I mean, we have a backlog of products wanting to work with us. Um, we need UX at the table to make sure we get this right the first time. Mm-hmm. So it's drastically changed over 10 years. Um, you know, it's so interesting. So I'm a I'm a co-founder of a startup right now, mm-hmm. and 
when we launched, we we focused more on the product, like what the product, make sure that it was a robust product, that things were working. And the thing that we did, we, we launched before, actually before we even had our website. So we had our yeah. sign-up screen where, where people could, could use everything. But in terms of the, the front page, the website, all of those things, we didn't have that. And it was really interesting seeing how when we got a, a designer to come on and actually not just build out the website, but like them actually make it like really pretty mm-hmm. and also them being specific about where certain buttons should be at and certain things should be. We noticed like very quickly how just just a, a spike in terms of people signing up mm-hmm. just people where basically like where people actually went through versus them going and being like, ah, this doesn't right. seem legit or doesn't seem like proper. But now people see it and they're like, oh, wow. It's like, OK, now this kind of mm-hmm. fits. And so I see that I know the value of it now. Obviously, that's kind of speaking a little bit more about UI, mm-hmm. the UX. But if you can. Uh, so what is not even what is, but what does UX mean and what does UI mean? Okay, so UI is going to be a user interface. So okay. pretty much what you see on the screen yeah. and, and that interaction. Okay. okay. Um, UX is going to be really understanding the customer, their needs, mm-hmm. um, and making sure that that experience is enjoyable and make them want to come back and okay. are to continue to use your product. So what would that, what would that look like? So, because I get it. Like, so, so this is how I pictured it in my mind. So let's let's paint a scenario. Okay. All right, y'all. So y'all, we about to we about to go into scenario <laughs> world right now. So fix my scenario. This isn't a problem with scenarios. Okay. So this is how I look at UI and UX. I look at UI like okay, you're on a date. Let's say it's a blind date. Okay. So it's a blind date. You see the date. You see how they dress. You see just how they look. Maybe how they smell. Things okay. like that. Okay. In my mind, that's like user interface. Yes user experience is okay now we're on the date how is this person treating me how are they talking to me like how like what experience are they giving me during the date correct and so that of course being separate from how they look somebody could look amazing treat you trash or vice versa Mm -hmm. so in that like i guess correct my example tell me like what tweaks you would make to that example like so i would say for user experience it would be um on that blind date understanding what that individual likes and making Mm. sure it's the psychology behind it so it's understanding what you like um and making sure that i adhere to that in every way possible so to make sure i keep you keep your attention maybe you tell your boys hey i was on this date you know so it's really again the understanding the customer what they want and making that experience amazing to where you want to keep them And they, again, they share. So it's not a, so yeah, thank you. Thank you for that correction. Cause mm-hmm. the way I was thinking was, it's like, yo, it is the experience is just what you choose it to be. But in reality, it's more like, no, no, I'm trying to tailor it to you. It's yes. almost like a person where they like, yo, I'm tired of being single. <laughs> so it's like, who do you want me to be? I'll be that person right. for you. Like you, you need me to be a sugar daddy. You need me to be a man of God. You need me to be a thug. <laughs> I'm going to tailor the experience around what it is you want. And or if you are selling a new product and you want to, again, be um, different, it's finding that demographics and making sure you're tailored to that as well. So it's a lot of different things, but it's really about adhering and understanding the customer and how you're going to adapt to that and change that to, again, to make them want to come back. Whether you're dealing with tough decisions centered around career, relationships, or anything else, 
Therapy is the piece that keeps us connected and grounded about the things that really matter in life. So that way we can move forward with excitement and anticipation. And for everyone who's thinking of starting therapy, I personally suggest that you use BetterHelp to give you that assistance. And what I love about BetterHelp is that it's entirely online and it's designed specifically to be convenient, flexible, and suited to your schedule. So make sure you visit betterhelp.com backslash TNB to make sure you get 10% off your first month and let us know how your journey in therapy is going. Okay, mm -hmm. now there was another one, one that you had mentioned we had talked about offline, which is research design. Yes. I'm not gonna cap, I've actually never even heard about that. So <laughs> I tell y'all, th that's why I love having these conversations. I'm a very huge fan of the industry, not just because of the money and the opportunities, but really because there's so many different intricacies when mm -hmm. it comes to it. So we talked about UI design, we talked about UX design, what is research design? Okay, so again, that, that term is used very broadly, but I just say a researcher. Okay, researcher. Um, and pretty much, I feel like a researcher is the most important individual on the team. They're the mm -hmm. ones that give you the information about your customer. Um, and so uh, you have a lot of different research that you can do, um, but pretty much they are the ones that goes out and collects the data yeah. around a customer. Um, right now um, with my company, um, when I'm working through different experiences, whether I'm journey mapping, whether I'm prototyping or just building out wires, I sit hand in hand with my researcher. Um, when I'm putting a button here or even the verbiage that I'm putting on, on the screen, um, the researcher is able to dig into their notes and well, you know, our customer here doesn't like this or our brand stands for this and so our customers really like this or that. And that really does make or break a design. Like you can change one word on the screen and it can completely change how many customers you get to flow through that screen. So the researcher is very important where for me, even though I connect with them daily, I'm more so looking at the architecture on the back end. And when you go from this screen to the next screen, you know, what is that experience like? Mm -hmm. But the research is really gonna help me understand um, what's gonna keep the customer. And so yeah. I think research is so important. Um, you have a lot of good products out there that are really cool products, but if you don't know your customer base, they're not coming back. You know what I wonder is so th this this so this is really interesting to me because this makes me think about you know like the company that is the the biggest CRM or the most popular CRM, which is Salesforce. Amazing company. I know a lot of people that work there. A phenomenal company and phenomenal what they've done. But the thing that we I see most people on LinkedIn talk about or complain about when it comes to Salesforce is they're like, man, it's not very intuitive it's not the most user-friendly platform it's like really busy it's not the most attractive now obviously they have so many features on there mm -hmm. it's like, okay well how do you make it attractive when it's there's so much they're offering mm -hmm. but at the same time as i'm thinking through this i'm like man i wonder like what their i guess researcher is doing in terms of like fixing that or address addressing, I, I would ask you. So if you were if you were at Salesforce, because you're you're a senior product designer, so okay. you you know some stuff. <laughs> okay. You a big you a big dog. You a big dog. Okay, we're gonna you know. say that. We'll say that. Yeah, yeah. So, what would you if you look at it? What would you be like? Oh, this is like probably some tips or some things that I would give. And let's not even make it Salesforce. Let's just say a company in general okay. where they're like, yo, we, we have a, a amazing platform. People love us. Our product's incredible. But it's like, man, like our we're not very user friendly. Like the site has a lot of stuff on it. It's really busy. People have a tough time finding things. People say, you know, it just doesn't feel that good. What are just some tidbits that, of advice that you would give? Um, 
So you are you saying any company in general? Just you're, okay. You're consulting me. <laughs> so Brittany, please the Texas New Black website. <laughs> I never looks, found them. Yeah, you're putting you on the spot. I this this was so unplanned. This was so unplanned, by the way. <laughs> oh God. Okay. okay. Brittany, okay, so let's. Well, I okay, okay so. Watch your phone and show the website so you can give a practice. <laughs> well, you know what? Well, you know what? I have there are two there are two things right now on the iOS system that I'm like, why? Okay. What has okay? So one of the things is right now when they have the um they want to uh, recommend a password. Mm-hmm. Do you guys have that? Why is there such number one? Everyone knows that we don't like passwords, right? And we always have to get new passwords. So why would you offer this super long, exaggerated password that I'm not gonna remember, right? That is a terrible, to me, a terrible yeah. experience. No one ever says, yes, let's use that password. Do you guys do that? No, never. It's like 40 So for me, I will look at the data on the back end. How many people are clicking this? If not, then let's remove it. Let's, yeah, exactly. It's a screen, it's, so another thing when you guys are taking pictures and you have run out of storage, okay? Yeah. You have a pop-up that says um, settings are done or okay. But when you go to settings, you don't know how many pictures you need to delete or you need to get back to that storage space. So Yeah, you have, to, you have to keep deleting and checking and deleting yeah, and checking. Yeah, and so That's why true. not tell me, hey, you need to delete X amount of megabytes to our hate suggests these you know so making that experience better Ooh, that's what for me <laughs> that's a million dollars worth of game right there like that like alone those two little things like they every time on my phone i'm like oh like who's working on the experience in this i love that you shared that <laughs> look y'all heard it here y'all heard it here on tech is new black so when you start seeing when you see apple do it <laughs> and you and you you know who they got it from. They was watching Texas New Black and they heard Brit Miss Brittany Barr give that bar. They don't call her Miss Brittany Barr for nothing. Okay. That's so corny. I bet you've heard that all your life. I bet people I do. Brittany Barr. But that's the experience piece. So mm-hmm. I would then go to my data folks or my researcher. Hey, let's yeah. pull up to see how many times this is actually being clicked. If not, then we know that that isn't helping the experience. Yeah. So that that's something that I so I look at apps all day and I'm like, ugh, ugh. <laughs> who's working on this? Oh my gosh, I'm 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 curious. Do you, uh, and, and I'm like this again. This wasn't a question I was on here. Do you do consultations? I do not. Are you considering it? Um, because there be there there, there are business owners. They're like. <laughs> They're watching, listening to Texas New Black, and they probably need some help with their stuff. So you're not like, even if it's like a paid consultation, you're like, I'm good. Yeah, I'm okay. I'm good, I joy. yeah, I um, it, I would say one thing about me is, I'm in a very very comfortable place right now. Um, I do handle a lot of products with my company, so I yeah. handle what maybe five products right now. Mm-hmm. And when I shut that off, I want to shut it off. Oh yeah, okay. Yeah. You like yo? When so, I clock out, right, I clock out. Right, because right. I'm a creative. So, you know, I do a lot of things outside of work. Um, But right now with my company, it helps me use my analytical and critical thinking skills. Yeah. um, And, you know, making good money. And I I just like to cut it off after. Yeah. I respect it. You got to have those boundaries (laughs) and stuff. Yeah, no, I I love it. (laughs) I love it. So, I love it. Thank you for talking about the the difference um, between those three. Now, all right. So, this was something that actually shocked me. And I, I... I think I remembered, a, I think this might have been a, 
I can't remember when, but I know that there was a point. And I, I remember this this question coming up, but I know there was a point in time that you wanted to quit being in tech. Yes. So first off, when was that, and like why? Like what? That happened? was when I first got into tech. So I okay. want to say twenty. That was around 2015, yeah. 16. I had been in tech for about a year and a half, maybe two years. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was actually a business analyst. Okay. Um, and I just knew very quickly that um, yeah. I didn't have this. Is skills. that even on your LinkedIn? Uh, I think it is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, Technical wow. analyst, business analyst. Oh, okay, okay. Um, yeah. yeah. Um, and so again, when I first got into tech, I knew nothing about UX. And so, um, because I did have a design degree, mm-hmm. they let me come in that come in as a technical analyst or business mm-hmm. analyst. Um, so I came in that way. Um, but I quickly knew that that wasn't a role for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a true creative. Um, and so really being hands down, um, working again, critical thinking skills, problem solving, but sitting in meetings, um, you know, just making sure, you know, that's not my thing. Yeah. Um, and so I just knew very quickly that um, I wasn't probably going to succeed in that role. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I started doing some shadow work with other designers um, and make it be known to managers that this wasn't where I wanted to be. I wanted to yeah. get my foot in the door, but I had a goal to eventually go over to a designer. Now, now when did you share that with them? I'm assuming you didn't share that during um, the No. So, to be, no, no. So, yeah. no. In the beginning, no, I did. So, oh, actually, wow. okay. State Farm is um, an amazing company as to where they like to get good people in and then really see where your skills are, skill sets are and mm-hmm. where they can place you. Um, and so even when I came in with State Farm just doing claims rep work before I even got into tech, um, my manager, <clears throat> excuse me, asked me then, you know, what is your angle? Mm-hmm. I was like, well, I have a graphic design degree. I want to get in somewhere where I'm creative. So I learned the company and the business for about two years and then went over into tech. Mm-hmm. Uh, when I got into business analyst role, again, learning the process, but I knew I didn't have the skills to succeed. Mm-hmm. So I let them know, hey, you know, my goal is to be here. And so they make sure they aligned me with products that I could do a little design work on, not a lot, but do a little bit here and there. Um, and eventually I kind of built that skill set up. But they, they've known for a very long time um, where I really wanted to go with the company. So, and they are always giving like educational pieces. Like right now I want to go into AR. And we just started up an AR oh. department. And so I'm really trying to like, hey, I'm really yes. interested in this, you know? Oh, my God. Wait. Oh, it makes sense. Mm-hmm. My mind, my, first, my knee-jerk reaction was like, why would State Farm want to build out an AR? It actually makes perfect Every sense. Every company wants. <laughs> yeah, I mean, but it, it makes sense specifically for, for State Farm. And not to limit it to this, but I can imagine like, okay, maybe they can see certain scenarios with maybe accidents. Yes, or, so much stuff. Yeah, it's a lot to do. You know, I actually, uh, last night, I went to a a VR, uh, this, mm. thing, this thing called... Uh, I, I'll shout it out. I'm always really big on being like, I ain't about to shout them out. They ain't paying then. But, uh, but Sandbox. Have okay. you went to it? No, I haven't. Oh, you I haven't. have to go okay. to it. It's, off, it's, it's right by Velvet Taco. Okay. Uh, the Putt Shack. But it's this VR game. Like, okay. And you go there with friends. It's so submersive. Really? It's so realistic. Like we, we put it on. We were in like we were in a downtown city mm-hmm. in a zombie apocalypse. Really? And when I tell you, it it almost looked as real as you sitting right really? here. Okay. And I mean, the zombies were running from different angles, jumping on stuff. Dogs were coming. Wow. And I mean, and you're there with people, and you you can see your hands like not your actual right, hands, but right. the suit that you're wearing. Right. It was incredible. Right. Yeah. So yeah, you know that, that, and obviously that's VR, but you're mm-hmm. talking about AR. Right. But still, nevertheless, it's like. 
that stuff is fire. Right, right. Fire. I mean, there's so many innovative things going on with the company right now. And yeah. I'm like, with where we're going with the tech in general, like I'm really, I actually wanted to get into AR years yeah. ago. So what um, would you do as an AR designer i have no idea you just like I just no i just i've i've always loved um animation um you know visual effects and things of that sort so mm. now that we're in now in this era i'm like i'm itching for it yes so, um I again the best way i don't you know being with the company just you know for them to move you around a lot um and gain experience in different you know industries um that's my goal next yeah to tap into that that's fine. Yeah, I think it's cool. Yo, hey, I believe it's the same way you made that transition into where right. you're at now. Right, I know I you can. Gonna, you're going to be able to do the same. <laughs> that being said, so one of the things I'm, I'm interested in is that you have been like gang, gang with your company. You've been there for, I mean, basically 12 years Yeah, now. 12 years. So job hopping, as we know, is an incredibly, like, it's a very popular thing mm -hmm. in, in the world in general, or in most industries in general, but no industry like the tech industry right you know it's like very much so recommended like i've job hopped a few times and most people of course most people's reasoning for job hopping is usually because you see a exponential increase in pay every mm -hmm. time you job hop especially if you job hop to a company that might be let's not say a competitor but they're in the same space mm -hmm. and but you like i'm shocked <laughs> when i see people that are I at know. a company for four years i know You've been there for 12 years. right? And so now, first off, that's obviously a testament to State Farm, yes. how good of a company they are. Yes. But that being said, why, outside of you being loyal, why have you not taken advantage of being like, yo, I'm going to get all this extra money by hopping over somewhere else? So, well, first, because it's not about the money for me. I okay. think that's the Ooh, biggest thing. It's okay. not. Um, for me, it, it's definitely job security, number okay. one. Yeah. Um, but then number two, um, the work environment. Mm -hmm. um, I have seen plenty of people come to State Farm and leave and then want to come back. Mm. Um, I've seen plenty of people leave for X amount of dollars and then a year later, they're not with that company anymore. And they're mm. Um, that just, that doesn't feel safe to me. Yeah. Um, I can definitely say, um, State Farm has amazing benefits. Yeah. Um, but for the biggest thing for me is the work-life balance and the yeah. environment. Um, I have a completely separate business. I'm also an entrepreneur and yeah. been able to, um, just be very flexible. Um, and also just the, the, the culture for me, um, for me, State Farm really does pour into um, development yeah. of their employees. Wow. And um, I just, I haven't, I have interviewed outside, but I just yeah. didn't, for me, I've just never felt um, that a company would feel like a family more than State Farm does. Yeah. But again, that's that loyalty um, to the company. But So in other words, <laughs> My man, my man, my man, <laughs> my man. I want to thank you. I want to say thank you to my man, State thank Farm, you, my, State man, Farm. my man. <laughs> no, Pretty much. No, I love it. No, I, I love that. And that. That's a really beautiful thing to hear. And uh, yeah, because I mean, we are, we are in an era, and I mean, I'm one of the people I can say this where it's like we are in an era where it's like, yo, like the money comes first. Mm -hmm. But it's really beautiful that now, obviously, you're getting you're getting compensated. Well. I am. You're getting the queen. I am. They. But that they being said, well. for you to say, you know what? And you know what, in the space I'm in, what I'm doing, I just want to be at a place where there's security, where mm -hmm. I'm treated well, I have the things I need. So yes. that way, 
my, I have a, the clarity of mind to then focus on what I want to focus on. Yes. Outside. Now, I am curious, what is your, your business outside of your job? Um, so I have a home decor line yeah. um, right now. And I'm also... Ex- <laughs> design, I see you. Design. Yeah. Um, but I'm also expanding um, into... Um, I would say making, um, of course, I'm an artist as well, but making my art yeah. more yeah, uh, art AR. Though, yeah. um, so right now I'm working on an app um, that I'm not going to share yet. <laughs> okay. um, but that that's to come. Um, I think I already, I'm not going to say it on here because I'm okay. going to keep it exclusive. Okay, yeah. But I think w- once we don't record, I'm at, cause okay. I, think, I think I might be seeing where you're going. Okay. If, if it's where I think, either way, wherever you're going, I'm sure it's going to be dope. Yeah. But yeah, yeah. okay, cool. <laughs> Yo, so for everybody that's interested in what this guest is talking about and you will love a similar career, I suggest you check out Course Careers Bootcamp. Course Careers is a bootcamp that I have been partnered with for well over a year now and they have helped more people break into tech, I'll be honest, than any other bootcamp that I've personally seen. So look, Course Careers is only 500 bucks, that's it. But if you use our discount code CYRUS50, you'll get an additional $50 off. So that way all you pay is actually $449. That's it. No additional price later, no extra cost, extra fees. That's it with the price for course careers. Now they're a self-paced bootcamp that you can take and be able to get a variety of different roles in tech. So make sure you check them out. Use our link below in that discount code if you want an additional $50 off and keep us posted on your journey breaking into tech. So look. What is the difference? So we, we talked about big tech versus like startups or mm-hmm. big tech versus small tech. I talked about that on a podcast right. with people before. Okay. But there's something that like offline you brought up that I thought was really interesting mm-hmm. where you're like, yo, there's also like house tech. In-house. So, mm-hmm. Or in-house tech. Mm-hmm. Yeah, thank you. So what is the difference between someone working in big tech versus working in a startup versus working in in-house tech. Okay, so for me, um, again, State Farm is a really big company, right? But we're yeah. not a tech company, big tech company. Yeah. So it's pretty much having like a startup, a startup tech company within a big organization. Oh, wow. Pretty much. Yeah. Um, and for me, that's where I've always, again, no hate or shade to the big tech companies, yeah. but I've always steered away from those companies. Yeah. Just because I feel like you may be just a number there, right? Mm. Um, I've seen again people leave State Farm and go to these big tech companies. Again, again, you're, you know, you're let go. Um, but when you find a big company with a small tech department built inside, pretty much yeah. a startup. When I started with InTech and State Farm, I was it was seven of us, twelve mm-hmm. of us. We were like the startup of the tech company within wow. State Farm. So it's kind of having that startup feel, right? Yeah. Where you're able to get your hands a lot of different roles. I was a UX designer. I've been an architect. I've been a generalist. Mm-hmm. Getting that experience, um, but having the for me again the financial financial security of a large company. Yeah. Um, and to me, that's the biggest difference. It's like having that family feel of a startup but with a company that can really provide you the resources, right, to mm-hmm. get applications out there. Whereas for startups, things may, you know, flow a little differently. So it's a startup inside of a big company, pretty much. That's that. incredible. And I, I love that so much because, I mean, it makes sense for, you know, a company to say, hey, we need to have this thing built out. 
And it's like, yo, let's actually have a team that they're dedicated mm-hmm. and it's treated as if it's their business. Right. They're over it. They get to know your customers. Yeah. They pay attention to your and that's customers. Fire. Right. And then but you also still are bankrolled by the company. Right. So it's it's like you mentioned, it's like having a startup with but right. you have a huge investor mm-hmm. that's like, yo, Correct. we're gonna bankroll what you need, we're gonna pay right. for it, we got you. Right. All of that. So it's it's really the man, it's really the best of both worlds. People love the startup feel. But the only thing that sucks about the startup is that it's like, ah, oh, there's not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And people love the money from like big companies or mm-hmm. big tech. But the only issue is that you usually feel like the number. Right. But I love that where it's like you could really have the best of both worlds. You really can. So if yeah. you can find a company that's moving away from um, agency work and they're trying to build up their their tech company in-house. Yeah. That's what I would look for. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's incredible. So what you mentioned before you being a creative do you think usually people come to me and they're like hey i want to you know what's a role for me to do in tech if i'm an introvert or if i'm an extrovert or if i want to or if i'm a creative and obviously creative is a very broad term it's like well you know like i'm a creative but i'm not Mm -hmm. a designer i was Mm -hmm. a poet you Mm -hmm. know and so that being said would you say that ui or ux or research even though, again, all of those are three completely different things, would you say that those are roles that someone has to be a creative in terms of being good at designing? No. Okay. Yeah, no. So um, how, how could someone be a designer but not necessarily have to be good initially at designing? So that's me. Yeah. Oh, what? <laughs> yeah. Okay. So um, I will tell you right now, um, I am probably not the best designer. Yeah. Um, however, when, um, when you really think about products right and again it depends on all companies are different but um usually you have a already a library built of design so you're just putting components together on a screen so mm-hmm. you don't technically don't have to design from scratch right yeah. you have buttons built out you have all these different templates for you already mm-hmm. um so no you don't have to be a good designer you have to understand um you have to be a good problem solver mm-hmm. um critical thinker um and um very having a lot of strategy behind your solutions Mm -hmm. so more so those skills um also i would say um having empathy for your Mm -hmm. customers that's a big thing i don't think people really understand but yeah what's the value of that of having empathy for a customer so that you can build the best experience for them Again, okay. it is always going back to what they want, yeah. having empathy for their pain points, like I mentioned before. Um, having empathy for me having to continue to hit, go to settings and delete photos out of my phone, right? Yeah. That hurts It's like, me. I, don't wanna, mm-hmm. I don't want them to have to be inconvenienced to right. do that. Right, yeah. So no, to be, um, whether it's a product owner, product designer, architect, um, designer, researcher, um, it's really about empathy yeah. for your customer and problem solving for that. There's something that Jeff Bezos uh, says a lot of something that he coined specifically for Amazon where he's like, yo, we don't believe in customer service. We believe in customer obsession yes. where it's like where it's say like they obsessed over thinking like, what can we do to make things better for our customer? Mm-hmm. And it's I mean, yeah, it's that 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 is really the best way to think about it instead of just being like okay well what is it they're asking for okay they're Mm -hmm. asking for this it's like well now let me go above and beyond that let me put myself in their shoes and let me really like rack my brain Mm -hmm. like man what what can i do for them just to move the needle just a little bit more that would benefit them and that's how you get a loyal customer when you focus on that that's how you keep the customers coming back yeah number one all right so 
how can someone stay ahead of the curve in this industry? Because even again, we, we talked about before about okay, man, you you've been at your company for so long, you've been loyal, but on the flip side, the fact that your that the fact you've been at your company for as long as you have also speaks to the 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 reality that you've made sure that you've been on your p's and q's not just sitting in your job but it may be like updating your skill set updating mm-hmm. your knowledge so that way your value would remain at the company so what are some ways that people can make sure that when they get in the tech industry or let's say they're at a non-tech company that has technology like state farm that they are also able to secure themselves for longevity in the industry right youtube <laughs> youtube okay i am constantly on youtube um and also just networking so yeah. um i love to go to different networking events and yes. talking oh to people yeah. and like hey what programs are you using what applications are you using um that's one of the things for me i feel like um has helped me kind of stay like alert of like what's mm-hmm. going on because even like an application i've been using sketch forever right to um what do like it's an application we use to design like apps oh, and okay, stuff cool. um i've been using that for forever and then all of a sudden um i had an intern a year ago and she's talking about figma and i'm like what is Figma? Uh, yeah. Like I'm, I am not up to speed. Yeah. And so I knew then, like, okay, Brittany, you need to like get back out there, hear what's going on. And yeah. so funny that our company moved over to Figma literally like wow. six months later. So luckily, I was already kind of in there. Already my- exactly, yeah. <laughs> um, but I would just say, like, honestly, I am constantly like looking up UX trends. Um, literally every month, trying to see what's trending, um, looking ahead of the curve. I do a lot of online conferences mm-hmm. um, that's more so tailored towards, again, UI, UX, um, or some type of research, but I'm doing that monthly. Because yeah. it's always expanding. There's always yeah. new things coming out. Um, as a practitioner of UX, my biggest thing is also making sure I'm always staying up on the software yeah, okay. that's coming out and the, the skills. So I love that so much because one of the things that I've, seen because a lot of people with everything we've been doing with tech as a new black as well as myself has been people have been wanting to get in the industry because they're like yo i want i want to get the bag i want to get this money and it's okay that's cool or they're like yo they just want a lifestyle change they're right like, man i want a better lifestyle i want you know all of these other components or maybe they want to work remote if they're at that type of company so we see those reasons but one of the things i've seen is that people get in and they're like oh, i'm in okay cool i'm gonna get i'm chill out and i love you speaking to the the, the reality that yo you need to stay on top of things because this to. isn't like most other industries where you just kind of get in and now you just do the job. You're good at the job mm-hmm. and that's it. You're just good at the job. Right. It's like, no, it's an industry where, like you mentioned, like your intern, an intern came in and mentioned something. <laughs> and I'm like, what is and that? And <laughs> instead of you being traditional and saying like, well, I don't know that we don't use that. We mm-hmm. use this here. Mm-hmm. You're like, no, no, no. It's important for me to learn about these things, right. to be aware, even if we never use it just so I at least have an understanding as to what it is and mm-hmm. I can speak to it, yeah. you know, or maybe make a suggestion to the company right. or, you know, whatever that might look like. And so I, I think it's really important that like people really um, absorb what she shared and the value of it to make sure that you're not just getting in this industry or getting a, a technical job or getting a job in tech or doing something like at, even at a non-tech company and being like, oh, I'm good but that you are always on top of it. Yes. And that's why, I mean, we, we talk we talk a lot about networking events, mm-hmm. whether it's a tech event, 
you know, and I mean, I'm sure there are like design events. There's pre, <laughs> there's pre-sales events right. for like sales engineers and, mm-hmm. and tech salespeople. Uh, there's cyber cybersecurity events, and and it's really important that yeah, that everybody really kind of takes that yeah. to heart and stays on top of it. And other cool thing about it is. It's like, I mean, it's, it's cool to network and meet cool it people. Is. It is. It's always dope. <laughs> it's always dope. All right. So, look, we have, uh, we'll go ahead and check over with the Patreon community. We have been streaming live uh, with the Patreon community right now. For those of y'all that do not know, uh, we do have a dedicated Patreon community. And one of the benefits of our highest tier, the Patreon community, is that they are able to actually watch our podcast live. Now, many of you don't know, but we actually don't film a podcast episode every single week we actually batch record like so we film roughly eight guests in one day once a month and it's actually going to go up to like 16 guests in like one or two days uh in in the same month and so uh, because we just got a a network deal uh we just joined the neatness network okay so they're like congratulations thank you we're incredibly (laughs) excited that plus we just crossed over 100,000 subscribers on youtube so it's it's been up it's been up (laughs) Hey y'all, we have some incredible, incredible news and I'm super excited about to finally announce our private tech community. Yes, yes, you heard that right. A private tech community exclusively for you all who want more than just the podcast. You want more than just the FAQs. You want to talk with tech recruiters. You want to talk with with hiring managers. You want to talk with coaches. You want to talk with people that can help with editing and rewriting your resume. Maybe you're somebody where you just want to be a part of a community where we're talking about updates of what's happening in the software industry. Y'all, this community that we've launched is also going to involve a Discord where we're going to be talking about updates in tech. We're going to be talking about companies that are hiring. We're going to be talking about upcoming tech events. So that way you don't have to miss any of the gems that I know, but not even just what I know, but the gems that friends of mine that are also in the tech industry know as well. So if you want to be a part of that community, go ahead and sign up. So that way you can join us. We have a few different tiers. Ultimately, it's all tuned in for you. Oh, and last thing, also within this community, we're going to be streaming all of our interviews with our podcast guests. So instead of you having to wait months to watch the videos later on, you will actually be able to watch the interviews in real time and ask your live questions to those guests. So make sure you join our tech community. And so that being said, one of the things that we do is that we allow our uh, Patreon members to be able to have access to the full day. Okay. of streaming of all the different guests and are able to like interact ask questions you know all those different things so that way they, they're able to get more insight than just watching or listening like after the fact okay but they can like ask during uh so they're gonna be popping in and out all throughout the day um eric what questions do we have any questions right now from the patreon community uh basically what would be an example of a design whether ui or ux that's presented and the company says, yeah, no, we don't like that. We don't agree with that. And But the designer, or in this case, the senior product designer, would say, would kind of double down and say, no, I really believe this is the direction that we should go in. Yeah, so that actually happens a lot. Wow. Um, yeah, so you have to understand that um, a lot of companies have a lot of technical constraints, right? Yeah. You have hackers that come in and things of that sort. Mm-hmm. Um 
I think for me, I would love for, you know, in order to log onto your app, you just, I don't know, do something quick. <clears throat> but a lot of times I will hand over work and it, I mean, it happens a lot. And there may be some technical constraints on the back end in which they can't do it yeah. because of security reasons. Yeah. Or again, I'm with an insurance company, so it's a lot more, Ooh, you know. Yeah. Um, precautions. Yeah, precautions. Yeah. So even though the experience may be amazing, yeah. um, or I may hand over something, um, it's just not feasible. Because yeah. even so. when you design something, it's it's almost like, I don't want to call it this, but it's even when you design something, it's almost like a prototype in a way. Right. But then you have to give it over to the developers mm-hmm. to then they have to confirm if they can actually build that thing out. So yes and no. So okay. I feel like any developer can actually build anything out. Yeah. It's, but but it's, it's more so it's, if it if if there's some type of not flaw, but if there's if there's a risk or a threat, if yes. They do it. So that's what it is: the risk and the threat. Yeah. Um, and you have to kind of weigh those. Okay. Um, is more than likely the risk is going to be more important, especially talk about insurance, right? Yeah. But a lot of times there are there are technical constraints, um, and then I have to go back to the drawing board and um, pretty much think of a different solution. <sighs> so usually a lot of times when I design, I may solution. Or ideate three or four different ideas, present mm-hmm. them to business, give them recommendations. Oh, so three different versions of it. Oh, yes. Oh, I'm yeah. never presenting off one design. Okay. You're constantly like, that's a horrible way to design if you have one solution. There's never one right way to do anything. Yeah. So I will maybe present four or five designs. We'll talk through them, cancel out what needs to cancel out, and then we'll test kind of what works best. Yeah. Um, but that happens a lot. I'll hand uh. off something. They'll get it. And then it's like, oh, we can't do this. That's also why it's important to have the right players at the table early. Mm-hmm. So when I'm thinking through ideas, they can let me know, well, unfortunately, because of this risk, we can't do that. Mm-hmm. Instead of me just building something out, handing over, wasting dollars and time, trying to go back to the drawing board. Yeah. But yeah, that happens a lot. I, a lot. I have so many questions, but <laughs> I, I, if we have time, I'll, I'll ask at least one or two of them. But uh, what's the next question we have from the Patreon community? The question is, what are some of your biggest designer icks where you might see either people that you've worked with or even other companies where people are doing something you're like why don't why are you doing that wrong why don't you get this or understand this or like a common mistake that you see um i think for me is um hmm did you do any research in data and data searching on the back end? Like, have mm. you done research on this customer? I think the biggest thing that a lot of designers do is they go right into just designing. And it's like, no, it's the research. It's the mm. research, it's gonna be 80% research and testing, and I will say 70% research and testing and 30% designing. Yeah, wow. And designing should be the last thing that you're doing, the very last thing. Whenever you wow. have an idea, whether it's for an app, do research, do prototyping and test. Yeah. The last thing should you should do is worry about how it how it looks. Yeah. You should worry about how it feels. That's incredible. That that makes that kind of makes me think a lot about sales engineering, where the sales engineers we same thing, pain points, you're worried about the, the customer prospects pain points. And it's they're a prospect, so they're not even a client yet. They're just considering mm-hmm. going into business, going into contract with the company. And so as a sales engineer, you're doing the demo or the presentation of the company's technology mm-hmm. to the prospect. Mm-hmm. But it's like before that, you do a discovery call that's anywhere between 30 minutes to an hour and a half long mm-hmm. where you're just asking questions. And it's all about, you know, just knowing every detail of, of, of the company, of what they need, mm-hmm. of their issues, their pain points. 
what what'll happen if you don't have this right. you know how is this affecting your bottom line or people could like just all different types of uh, granular questions and then the demo but the demo usually lasts about <laughs> 30 45 minutes but preparing for the demo mm-hmm. using those pain points that's like a some sometimes a two three day process mm-hmm. just preparing so like people see the demo or they hear about the demoing part and it's like, yeah, but you got to do a lot of research. You have to like do a lot of prep mm-hmm. and then the demo. And that's right. It. I was that person that would design first until the product start filling. So mm-hmm. I would think I have this amazing design. Right. And then we'll go into testing. Testing is really important. Going yeah. to testing. And, and is, is that usually with the uh, the QA testers? Um, so that will be like once it's actually built. This is okay. this is like wire. So just like very lightly sketch, you know, probably mm-hmm. typed out, doesn't look. But when they go through testing, it's like, okay, I built this strong. They're going to understand when I put here, the click here, they're going to get that. And then we go into testing and they're completely confused. Are they use it completely different than I have failed? Yeah, wow. For building this product for the customer. And so a lot of times um, after failing you realize like okay i need to put the design to the back and understand the research wow yeah you'll you'll get there once you start (laughs) once you start failing and they're not using the application at all how you imagine them to use it so that's incredible you know what there's so much that aspiring business owners can learn about this where people assume they're like yo i'm gonna put this thing out it's gonna hit it's gonna be successful everybody's gonna want it and it's like, well, no, like, did you actually understand your audience, research your audience? Yeah, truly know. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, is it is it what you're assuming they're going to like? Or are you like confident, like right. really confident or like based on the, the thorough research that you've done? Yes, the data that's given to you. Yeah. And UX is not just technical. Like it's in every, like you said, in businesses, it's in everything. Yeah. So just, again, if you can make a good experience for the customer, you make a loyal customer. Yeah, love Retention. that so much. Love that so much. <laughs> so, so look, we're, we're we're about to be up on time. Want to give you the floor to to share with the people like anything you have on your heart or just like last pieces you want to give to them. Um, yeah. So, if you are looking to get into tech, um, I would definitely say um, look into other roles like product designer, uh, product management, researcher. Um, um, there are a lot of roles in tech where you can really lose use your critical thinking analytical skills mm-hmm. and just having representation in the in that space really does make the experience better for everyone um like right now when i'm designing um you know right now we we aren't using photos and infographics but when we were we drop in you know something that represents me you know i represent so it's really important so um outside of i know everyone thinks of tech as coding um but there are a lot of other areas um Mm -hmm. in tech um even content writers writing the content you know so how do you and this is a last question uh oh man this is such a curveball question too (laughs) but i'm I'm sure you've thought about this though how do you see ai affecting the designing space um, so very interesting. Um, it's interesting. I would say, uh, it can definitely possibly remove some jobs, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but as well, if you can use AI, yeah, then you can use it to your advantage, yeah. you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, so I don't know. It's, 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 it's interesting. It is very interesting. 
And I mean, realistically, we know eventually, and eventually could be 20 years, 30 years, 10 years, eventually it's going to affect every job in mm-hmm. every industry. But uh, also create jobs too, I feel exa- like. Oh, exactly. Right. That's what it's about. No, for real. For so real. learning how to use it, I think is... Going back to what you said, staying on, to- yeah, on top that's why of I'm the getting curve. Into it. <laughs> yeah. Oh, and that's why you're getting into it? Yeah, so ah, so okay. I'm looking over into you, it. I'm going to be good because I already got my thing over here. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming <laughs> Thank on. You. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. With the McDonald's app, you can get your favorite thing delivered to your door. So if you were looking for a reason to skip washing those dishes you left in the sink, consider this a sign. Right now, get $0 delivery fee with any purchase of $15 or more, only in the app. At participating McDonald's, minimum purchase excludes tax and service fees. Delivery prices may be higher than in restaurants. Other fees may apply, not valid with any other offer, discount, or coupon.